You know, Jesus warned us that in the end times, deception like a virus will spread like wildfire. Disguised as the answer to all our problems, our secular culture can only offer replacements to the truth. The good news is that the truth of the Bible is the cure. In Pastor Jack Hibbs' new book called Living in the Days of Deception, he reveals the antidote to the lies we're told that have become increasingly harder to detect. From the inspiring foreword written by Mike Pompeo to the final chapters, Pastor Jack exposes how to combat deceptive spirits and equips us when we're deceived by the ultimate liar, Satan himself. Living in the Days of Deception by Jack Hibbs is a powerful must-read, and when you order, you can bundle by getting the DVDs and a downloadable link for a gift of any amount at jackhibbs.com radio. That's jackhibbs.com radio. Hey, listen, what do you get when you get uh, law and order and a passion for life? You get Sheriff Chad Bianco, and he's going to be sitting down with us on this special podcast. He is the beloved sheriff of Riverside County. He's making waves across the state and across the nation. I think you're going to have an amazing time and an enlightening moment. Don't forget that you can always subscribe to the Jack Hibbs podcast by hitting subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. So adjust your pods, turn up the volume, and get ready. Let's roll. Real Life presents the Jack Hibbs Podcast with intention and boldness to proclaim truth, equip the saints, and impact our culture. You can get the outlines of this podcast by going to jackhibbs.com slash podcast. Today, if this podcast lifts you up and encourages you to live a more fulfilled life in Christ, then make sure you leave us one of those five-star ratings. To us, that's like saying amen or yes. Then that rating will encourage others to listen. Now open your hearts to what God's Word has to say to you. So, Sheriff Chad Bianco, Riverside County. Uh, I can't believe I'm sitting here at the table with you, not because I'm some sort of a lawbreaker, but because, remarkably, the times and the days in which you and I live in have brought us to the same microphone right now. Yes, they have. And so tell us a little bit about um, who you are, how'd you get to where you're at, and um, if you don't mind boasting a little bit, uh, you are now one of America's most beloved <laughs> sheriffs. I, I certainly am told that a lot. I, I wouldn't say I agree with it, but as enough people tell me that I, I do have to I do have to acknowledge that, that that's the case. You have to be careful. You have to be careful, but why do you think that's the case? There's certain things that have happened that have put you forward. What, why and what are those things? Well, absolutely. Uh, being the sheriff of Riverside County, we're, we're a huge county. We're the second largest in California, fourth in the country. So it's, it's, a, it's a large department, a large presence. Uh, during the during the COVID crisis and situation that we were dealing with, and particularly the lockdown orders and the the church closures and the business closures and the arrest people if they come out of their house, those types of mm. things, um, combined with a time while simultaneously the governor was releasing tens of thousands of inmates right. for no reason, so they're all going back into our communities while they want us to arrest people coming out of their house or not wearing masks or people going to church, pastors opening the, their churches, want they want them arrested. 
And I took a stand to it. I, I said it was ridiculous I, and on, on multiple fronts, not only about the, the constitutional part of it, but al- also just the, the common sense right part of it. And I couldn't justify arresting a single mom that was trying to put food on the table and knowing that these, these that serious felons were just being released into our streets. And it didn't make sense. And so I took a public stance. It was uh, at, at two of our, over the course of a couple of months of, of board meetings. And those vid- those are televised and videoed and everything else. And they went, they went viral of me <laughs> saying that. Yes, and, um, you know, I, I think the reason why numerous media outlets asked me why. And I don't think I'm any better than anybody else. I think that I was thinking what everyone else was thinking. It's just the regular day-to-day person doesn't have a platform. Mm. And I had that platform. Being being the sheriff of, of a large organization and being in front of of the board like that in a put in a in a position of, of law, law and order. Right. And taking that stand I think all I really did is say what everyone else was thinking, and they all jumped right behind me. And then it was I was just standing with them, and we were all saying the same thing. And I think that's why it became so popular and why it took off so much. And then because no one was doing it at the time, that was very early on in the in the situation that we're right. dealing with, uh, I think I just became a one of the first that that were standing against what was happening. And so it uh, it, it took off more than than what normally would have, I think. It took off more than normally that it would have. I understand that. But what you did was you took a stand because you knew what was right and you were willing to uh, take the hits from those who didn't think it was right for whatever reasons. But you inspired people. Courage, we've all learned, especially, you know, you. I love reading about Washington, George Washington's um, presence in battle. And how he could take even a farm, just a, a farmer with a, with a musket and transform that person into a, an individual of courage because Washington was willing not to fight the battle from the back, but Washington would go out in the front. And you went out into the front. And by doing that, you inspired not only those that are residing in your county, it clearly went beyond that. And you inspired other sheriffs. You inspired so many law enforcement. You and I had not met at that time, but your reputation literally preceded you because here at the the church that I pastor, there's such a large presence of law enforcement and your name was just a buzz. And it was awesome to hear and to see and um, others took a stand as well, which is remarkable because in some little way, I think it'd be good for our listeners to, to th- kind of process this through. So as a pastor, I was told by other pastors, you can't open your church because you have to obey the law. And Romans 13 says you've got to obey the governing powers, Jack. So you're going against the law by opening your church. And it caused me to go back and read Romans 13 again. And it talks about... Uh, put in a modern-day vernacular, it talks about the police officer and and the system that is to ensure our safety, uh, that that they are to put down evil, they are to crush evil, they, they are to punish evil. And I'm a big fan of punishing evil. But I was being told, Jack, you're evil by opening your church. And then I read in Romans 13 that the officer does not bear his, bear his sword in vain, but is used as an instrument of God to do good. And that was the turning point for me. 
wait, there are people in power. Not all of them have good in interest in their in their repertoire of of politics, so to speak. You stood for what was good. It may not have been popular at the moment, but it turned out to be heroic in the end. And your your courage was was contagious. And I found my comfort knowing that, hey, you know what? I'm opening up Jesus' church because it belongs to him. And we're all about doing good. And um, it was quite remarkable. So now that we've established that, can I ask you real quick before we dive into the weeds here? Um, how long have you been sheriff? And is it is it inappropriate for me to ask you, would you run again? No, it's not. Um, I've been the sheriff for the election was four years ago. Uh, technically, I've, I, I was sworn in in January of 2019, so it's been three and a half years. Uh, I've been with the sheriff's department coming up on 29 years, mm. and that's the only agency that I've worked for. Uh, so three and a half of that as the sheriff. Uh, my term ends next January. Uh, the election, however, though, is in June. Mm-hmm. So the primary election is in June, but the way it works, a nonpartisan race, as long as somebody gets 50% plus one vote, uh, then it ends. It doesn't go to November. So my race will end in uh, June, on June 7th. Yeah, June 7th of? Of this year. And I'm fairly confident confident that uh, that I'm going to win. I, I think everyone's fairly comp- confident I'm going to win. And then I... I I have no, I have no intention of leaving. My brain still right thinks I'm, I'm very, very young. <laughs> so as long as I can, I thought keep that my, was my delusion. <laughs> yeah, as long as I can keep my body that way, uh, I'll, I'll stay here as long as voters wants want me here. Well, that just made a lot of people very, very happy. Anything we can do to help you, by the way, in that, please don't hesitate to let us know. So let's dive in. Um, uh, I was up in Sacramento a couple of weeks ago in defense of uh, uh, people, citizens. A lot of people. In fact, according to the Sar- sergeant of arms at the Capitol, we had a, a crowd of over 3,000 people gather uh, to ask our legislators to stop or to defeat or to pull the AB, Assembly Bill AB 2223. And um, that sergeant of arms said it's the largest crowd that he had seen in 25 years at the state Capitol, which means people care. Uh, this is something that, to me, it's it's hard for me to believe that we're talking about this. When I share with people what the bill is, um, most people say, I, I don't believe you. Mm-hmm. And um, I just got a briefing last week um, on Sunday uh, from a deputy district attorney uh, wanting me to make sure. Jack, do you have you read the bill? Do you understand what it says? Do you understand what it says and how it affects uh, law enforcement, how it affects investigations, that if this passes, and for those, of, for those who are listening right now, they don't know what this bill is about, that if a child is born under what the term is perinatal death, mm-hmm. which is a death that the child suffers by whatever means, we don't know and we won't be able to find out. There's no investigation the coroner will be required to simply state to the best of his or her ability the time of death was thus and so of date or time that this child basically evaporates into thin air upon the child's death by whatever means. Um, 
It's my hope that law enforcement up and down the state gather together and form some form of organic union or, or statement that this cannot, that this cannot uh, pass, but it ties your hands. And not only that, but it's my understanding from this DA that it could even open you up for investigation or prosecution because you chose to ask questions about this. Can Correct. you talk to us about it? Because people think I'm the only crazy person. And it's unfortunate. I want to go back to what you said about having the largest crowd there for this and the, the sergeant at arms telling you that that's the largest crowd they've had there. Why do we not know about that? Why did I didn't see it on TV. You're right. It wasn't covered by the news media that That's this was going on. <laughs> and so people don't believe you because they've never heard about it. Why haven't they heard about right. it? It's, it's, it's very scary that this is happening. And when you, when you talk about law enforcement and you say that you're hoping that we, we do that, so do I. Uh, I hope that we're, we're starting to be, which we are, we're being very much more vocal in our communications with our legislatures because – we've been taken advantage of for years. Mm -hmm. And I, I say this all the time, for the, the majority of people are, are great people, we're, we're good people, we care about each other, of people. Course. we care about our families, we care about our neighbors, we care about suffering, we care, we care, we have hearts, that's we right. care. Um, that's how we were born. And a very, very small percentage do not. Um, those are criminals. I like to say there's 5% of the population and that's made up of criminals and politicians. Uh, but we all care and we all want what is best. So in our world, how we deal with, with politics and, and the legislature is very gentlemanly. We're very, we're not rude. We're very polite. We send them nice letters. Please take, in, take our thoughts and our concern into mm. consideration. There's no teeth behind that. There's no, they don't, we don't even think they read them. Um, I don't even think they care. And we've gotten to this point now because of our silence and because of our playing nice and playing by the rules. And that side never does. That's right. And it's interesting that you had the largest crowd there ever in history and no one knows about it, but yet 10, 15, 20 people go there for something that fits their agenda That's right. and it's all it's all over every news media and they, they nice little camera angles to make it look like it's a lot of people exactly correct but something like this the murder of a baby the potential murder of a baby and there is no media uproar about this there is no the our our hollywood elite isn't up in arms about babies being murdered potentially being murdered Isn't that something and it's I, I hope I hope you're exactly right that that all law enforcement stands together on this and loudly opposes it because the wording of it is very, very scary. Mm -hmm. And words meet things, mm -hmm. especially written by lawyers mm. for legislation. That's right. And they know exactly how they wrote it, why they wrote it. That's right. The word they used. It's interesting that you say the the perinatal. Uh, there's a different statue in California, and I can't remember what it is, but it, it was it was meant for something else, and it it names or it, it numbers the perinatal at 28 days. That's correct. However, perinatal could be up to one year old. Yes. And so, do they do they even know that? I don't think they're smart enough to know that that was in that 28 days was in there. I think they used perinatal because 
hoping that nobody else knew what it meant yep. and that they could use that one year. So we were, were at least bound by the state law that's currently on the books that, that limits it at 28 days. But within that 28 days, anything can happen. Yeah. And if it, they, they claim the people that are talking for this bill, wanting it to pass, they're unbelievably good liars. They, they lie without actually lying. Mm. Um, they just leave things out and they, they manipulate right. fact and they, they, they play on emotion to make you fill in the blanks wrongly. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're, because of how they led you down that path, mm-hmm. you're assuming things right. differently than what they really mean. And that's how they get, that's right. how they get it passed. So that, that perinatal 28 days, if they didn't want it in there, they could have taken it out. They've said, oh, no, that's, exactly that's not correct. what we mean. It's about, you know, the, the, the woman's right and the abortion. And they use these two women as the, the perfect examples of how flawed the system is because two women were prosecuted and how wrongly it was done. They left out the fact that they killed their babies by drug overdosing. Them. That's right. And they just want you to think. And there's these, laws on the books to defend that child in that situation. Absolutely. So in that case, if they wanted to fix this bill originally, they could have taken perinatal, perinatal out of there and just specifically said what that's they wanted. Exactly. I, I, you said that so well and so clear. And when it went into uh, public testimony, which means uh, as I'm sitting as one of the expert witnesses and there's a, a physician next to me as one of the expert witnesses, when we were done making our case before the state assembly, then they opened it up for public comment. And the line, it was, like you said, historic. It was truly amazing. But uh, to show you how the narrative uh, has got to be controlled either by extreme detail or in the authorship of the bill, uh, lack of detail for a reason. That when people were coming up and saying, I urge you to vote against this bill, I'm going to be watching how you vote, this is murder. And they would walk away, next person would come up. For one hour of this, they came right down to the last few minutes and the chairman stopped the testimony and said, we're all done now. Oh, wait, we have a few more. And they literally marched seven people in, took cuts in front of everyone else. And those seven people stated their names and who they worked for. And they mentioned that they worked for Planned Parenthood and or the ACLU. And they urged a yes vote. It was it was the camera moment. It was the snapshot. And we watched that happen. Now, I'm not going to mention his name, but a nationally renowned constitutional attorney spoke to me earlier this week regarding this bill. He read the bill. He's a friend of mine. I had him look at it for me because I needed guidance Mm -hmm. on media uh, interviews. And he said, this is brilliantly written in vague. Absolutely. Banking on those in California who will interpret this in the future will be corrupt enough, will be dark enough to push that perinatal statement or this, God forbid, law that could be to the limit, to the brink. Absolutely. It's, it, if the devil's in the details, hell is in the vagueness of this bill. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's, there's no coincidence with word usage. There's no, these, there was, these are attorneys that wrote this bill. That, that assemblywoman she did not write this bill. She didn't even know what was in this bill. She just got on board with it and then went with it. And she was told what to say. She was told to use the two women as, as perfect examples of, of a flawed system when they are nothing 
they're, they're an example of a flawed system. They're an example of a flawed system, how you can completely abuse drugs and kill your baby and not be held responsible for it. Wow. But they, they use them playing on everyone's emotion like, well, oh, my gosh. That's I mean, that, exactly. And so you, you, if you don't know the facts and if you don't take the time to actually read it to see what it says, then you just believe them. And then you listen to the media right now saying, you know, they, they highlight these people saying, you know, speaking for it, saying, well, these, everyone's against it. They don't even know the bill's already been amended. Mm-hmm. And what they're complaining about, it's been amended out. No, it hasn't. No, 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 no. It hasn't at all. No. And it specifically got more vague. That's right. That's what he made the comment about, that the amendment made it more dangerous. Oh, yes. So they knew exactly what they were doing. I completely agree with you. Buffy Wicks from Oakland, I don't think she's got the wherewithal to, to do this. She didn't craft it. But not only uh, do I believe that she did not craft it, but I find it no coincidence that as you and I sit here, just breaking news yesterday or the day before is the Roe v. Wade uh, decision possibly coming up and all, this, all the you know, stuff about this leak. Um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of talk that this type of AB 2223 stuff in in blue states are quickly being crafted for fear that Roe could be overturned and that they're trying to solidify, or we would use the word codify, abortion. Wouldn't it be amazing if our elected officials cared that much about the safety and the lighting and the and the street conditions of the of the communities that you and I live in. What if they cared that much about making sure that you and your officers had the proper ammo to defend against this rage and this age that we have? But they are they're literally pouring everything they have into changing our culture. Right. It's a social agenda culture yes. change that they are pushing onto everyone and they're doing it quietly or in quiet because it isn't being reported. Exactly. No one's talking, no one's talking about it. Boy, I tell you what, you raise all of our listeners need to hear this. You, what you just said is so painfully true that we were the first ones publicly to find out about AB 2223. How did that happen? Because frankly, we have spies in Sacramento. We have people who are in the political uh, mix, both Republicans and Democrats, okay, who said, listen, you guys have to look into this. This is unbelievable. Well, that's how we found out. And then we started, you know, clanging and blowing every horn we could because that's the way it's it's going these days where um, they're crafting all of these bills, they're doing all of these things, and they're banking on the citizens not watching not caring oh absolutely absolutely and i i've been told that these all of these bills being crafted i've been told that for years it's the aclu that has mm-hmm. been crafting True. all of these bills yep. and they're even getting paid for that's it right as as fake staffers and and everything else but their their attorneys are being paid to craft these bills as they silently change our social moral fabric here You're exactly and right. Before long, we're going to wake up and saying, well, when did that happen? So let's speculate for a second. Um, as a Christian and as, as a student of the Bible, I, I cringe. I kind of feel like Thomas Jefferson when he said, he said I, uh, something to the effect, he said, I tremble when I think that uh, the God of heaven um, will, will someday show his justice. 
I tremble when I realize what my Bible says about unrighteousness and lawlessness, that it's the last indicator of a culture that is beyond. The only thing that keeps me going, Sheriff, is that I'm still alive, you're still alive, God's still on his throne, that something good could happen. That's why I fight for what's right. But how do you pick up the pieces every day and get back at it when you when when at least according to CNN you have no support and at least how we feel in California our elected officials don't don't like our law enforcement how do you how do you get out of bed every day how do you do this you know i think i just i don't think about those things i know that what my i mean i i know what i believe i know what i i my my goals my my ambitions i know uh, what my role is in the position that I'm at, and I also know that um, I didn't get here by accident. I don't believe it was it was accidental that I got here. And if I if I cared about the things going on around me, about California, the legislature, the the laws that they're passing, the anti law enforcement, the pro criminal uh, that's been going on for years, I would leave. It would be very easy for me to to go to a a different state that that isn't like this. All states are not like this. Um, I I, I don't think that's the right thing to do. I I guess my my job, my 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 position that I that I love dearly. I think I was born for this position for law enforcement. I believe it. Um, We do the right thing. We always do the right thing. And if if we're looking at doing the right thing when it comes to bills like this, to laws like this, um, the right thing for me is to stand up for people that can't stand up for themselves. That's right. And who else exemplifies that more than a brand new baby? That's right. That brand new baby cannot take care of itself without a mother or a father or at least a, right. a, a surrogate. But that is a that is a true helpless victim that needs someone to watch out for them. And if I'm not here fighting for that baby, then nobody is. Yep, completely agree. What, what would you say to the individual and to the rhetoric that we're hearing today uh, that, um, well, you know, Sheriff, it's, it's only 15 days old. Um, we're not exactly sure uh, about its viability uh, as, a, as a person. As though they're trying to talk you into um, that this individual, this child has no innate rights or God-given rights. But we're starting to hear these conversations now mm-hmm. where it's it, it was bad enough that it was abortion. Now it's let's kill the baby after birth. And then now, like you said, some leading up to a year where who's going to be the God or gods that determines that sacred moment where the pixie dust is sprinkled and you become a person. Um, it's remarkable to me because... You have sworn an oath to uphold a constitution to protect the the citizens. Is that child not a citizen? Absolutely. And I'm, I'm going to try not to get emotional here. The, you you want to talk about supposed to be here, and and it wasn't it wasn't by me that got me to this point. Um, my youngest son was born three months early. And they prepared us for him to die, said he would not be able to live, he would not be able to breathe, he would go on machines, and more than likely he would die. Um, He came out 
cried when he came out. Which is great news. The the entire the doctor stopped doing what she was doing. The nurses, the ever the staff, everyone. To me, it felt like an eternity. I'm sure it was a second. Everyone was staring at him because that was not supposed to happen. They were supposed to immediately go on a ventilator. Everything was supposed to start happening, but he's crying, so that means he's breathing, and he wasn't supposed to be breathing. He wasn't supposed to live. That's right. Was he viable? He obviously was. He had to be taken care of. And then I look at, I have two beautiful little granddaughters that are a year and a half and and 16, 16 months. Are they viable? Because they can't live on their own. Exactly. If 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 my daughter wasn't feeding them every day, they would die. If she wasn't taking care of them, if we weren't taking care of those babies, they would die. Someone has to take care of them. So is it a day? Is it three months early? Is it 27 weeks? Is it one day old? Is it 14 days old? Is it 18 days old? It's a baby. It's a living baby. You know, it's awesome what you're saying because it takes us back. And I know people are not going to like what I say about this, but I'm not speaking right now as a pastor. Um, before I before I came into um, the church and all that's gone on since, prior to that, I spent 13 years in the microbiology world, working for a global, uh, the largest company in the world, actually, for what it does. And I have to tell you straight up that... If what we were about to experiment on or with was dead, we, we couldn't do the experiment. We had to find something alive. And it's, it doesn't take, again, it doesn't take an Einstein to figure out that sperm from a male and an egg from a female, you're not going to have life unless those two separate entities are living, Okay. And so it's all life. People want to talk about when is it life? Excuse me. There was a point when it, when, when the life of that individual male met the life of the individual female. It started with life. It was just separate. But when it collided, there was a mathematical equation, this DNA experience that transcends any other language or or uh, uh, science or math that we know of in the universe. I mean, it's easier to figure out uh, planetary movements than it is to figure out what happened just now at that moment of conception. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, when that conception takes place, when that, when that child is viewed as inconvenient, it's remarkable to see what man will go, what lengths man will go through to justify himself. You have to convince yourself that what you're doing is okay, is morally okay. And keep repeating it. Yeah. So that not only you deceive yourself, but you deceive others. So this the whole thing is life, and um, and so I love my nephew went through the very much my 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 sister in law during this. Now this goes way back, but my there was the great California Jalisco cheese contamination way back when when people were being incredibly sickened by contaminated cheese coming from Mexico. And she was pregnant. And they said, you got to abort. You have to abort. You must abort this child. My nephew was born. I have to tell you, when I saw him at St. Joseph's Hospital in Orange County, I thought, I honestly thought this. I I hope he dies peacefully. Because ain't no way that thing's going to live. I mean, it was the size of a Barbie doll. Mm -hmm. And that dude now is six foot three and works for Warner Brothers. There's nothing wrong with him. 
And yet the system, I understand, but the system had been programmed. Say your goodbyes. Mm -hmm. Get ready. Now, maybe they do that because they see death so often. I don't know. But you get out of bed and you fight because you're, you know that you're on the right side. I get out of bed and I fight a different fight because I know that I'm on the right side. But when you look at this thing about life, where is the logic? When is it going to come yeah. where if it's living, it's worth fighting for? Absolutely. And there is, there is no person on this planet without common, that has any type of common sense and reasoning ability that can't say that a baby is alive. Exactly. And when that baby is born, this back to this bill specifically and the wording that they used that for legal in California is going to be that 28-day period. And now they've added that little addendum or the, the they've changed it. They've amended the bill to, to say or any pregnancy-related issue, whatever it is. Well, we already know that depression is a pregnancy-related issue. Fact. So at 18 days when that woman uses depression mm -hmm. as the reason why she threw her baby in a dumpster, mm -hmm. that's okay now. All right. So listen, I'm going to be very careful with what I'm going to say. Um, trying to keep myself together on this. So it would be a week ago tonight where last week I was greeting people after a service and three women came up to me and they said, we're out here from Ohio. And we're, we're not here, Pastor Jack, to come to church. This was just something that we chose to do tonight. We're out here because our two-month-old uh, great-grandson, grandson, nephew, being represented by the three ladies that were there, um, died yesterday, was, was, was killed yesterday. And I said, how did that happen? And they said, well, he was murdered. And I said, what do you mean? And they said, well, when we uh, got word, we came immediately out here. And the, the authorities had said that the child sustained uh, uh, severe brain trauma. So they asked their relative, did, did, did you drop the baby? Uh, no. Well, how'd this happen? And all of the dynamics that I don't need to tell you about transpires in the family questions, don't tell me, don't ask me, leave me alone, all this kind of stuff. But CPS came out later. Uh, by now, it's early morning hours. And said to the grandmother that it looks like from what I'm hearing from what the physician said, they wound up doing x-rays and MRI or whatever they do, even, even post-death. And they said the best that they could understand at this moment is that at, at about three weeks of age, uh, he sustained three broken ribs at three weeks of age, which is extremely hard to do because ribs are like, they're like jello. So it, it took incredible impact and damaged organs as well. And then some point after that, his femur was broken. His right femur was broken. And again, it's like breaking jello, yet they broke it. Someone mm -hmm. broke it. And then finally, this, this terrible head trauma. Mm -hmm. And the CPS person, who has got to be guarded, I understand that, but made it very clear, this was not, this was not SIDS, sudden death syndrome, <laughs> none of this right. stuff. 
And so I asked them, what do you think? And they said, well, we know that, uh, that the, the, the biological dad, the husband, the father, he's been violent before in the past. They have a, two, they have a two-year-old. And we suspect him. But there's going to be an investigation, and there is an investigation, and I wound up making some phone calls to just ask, is there in fact, and that they're on it. Thank God they're on it. The point is, if this would have been post-2223, AB-2223, could somebody, well, I guess the cause of death is not to be investigated. That's exactly right. If, so, so this man could have inflicted this death upon this child because he's jealous, he's drunk, he's crazy, he's possessive, he's, he's narcissistic. I don't know. But it happens. And, and where's the justice? Where, yeah, please. Yes. So, and the wording of this bill is not—it covers anyone. It covers other people, not just the mother. So other people, is, is, is the guy going to claim that he suffered emotional distress and trauma and depression because of his wife's pregnancy and that's what led him to abuse the baby? Because it, that's what, that, that would be the argument. Written. That would be the argument in this bill. And what the bill does is it prevents the coroner from doing that investigation. Mm-hmm. So you have a baby without those tests, without that investigation, those doctors would not know of those injuries. So if all of that happened right after that baby is born and that baby is just severely bu- abused and beaten and killed, we're not going to know that. We can't even look into it or we subject ourselves. They were very clear to put it in there that we're going to subject ourselves to criminal and civil penalties if we look into it. But everybody else around that mother, whether it's the mother or whether it's someone around her, because it says right there in the bill, they cannot be investigated. And if there's, and, and to be clear and to be fair, if it is an obvious, if there are outward obvious injuries that the baby suffered, a gash, a, a bullet hole, a, a stab wound, that is completely different because that is covered in there where a criminal investigator sees that and has probable cause, reasonable, reasonable suspicion to detain, to arrest, to investigate. So those things will be fine. But how do you know if someone was poisoned? How do you know if someone was suffocated? How do you know if someone was just completely a baby, is just not fed for four days, and just perished? And we would not know that without an actual investigation with a coroner doing an examination and finding that out. But this bill rules that all out. One of the I learned this from uh, some Israeli interrogators, but it's something that man seems to have done in the past. And that is uh, when Israel wants to interrogate someone and not leave any marks because they're highly scrutinized. Israel can't take a step without being scrutinized. Um, you can interrogate people by shaking them. And there's a, there's a Hebrew word for that. It leaves no marks, but it's so severely can mm-hmm. m- make life uncomfortable anyway in your head, even kill you if pressed. Right. Um, how many children die like that from being shaken? And when you see the body, you can't, you can't see any external signs whatsoever. Yeah, you cannot. And, you know, we, we recently had a, a case. Of, this is a great example that... Um, the, the mother killed the baby and we know that the mother killed the baby and, uh, there, you know, whether 
how are you going to prove it? Are we going to be able to arrest her? She eventually, she shortly after she killed herself. So mm. that investigation is all gone. But that's a, that you want to talk about them using these, these obscure false examples of why we need this bill that aren't really those two women that they're naming this bill after they, they, those babies died because they ingested too much methamphetamine. Right. They were poisoned. Right. They were murdered. That's right. We will not know any of that if this bill passes because it's preventing us from doing that investigation, from doing that, that research into why that baby died. Yeah. And it's, it, it, it would be very easy if they didn't want this, those two women to be put in jail for their babies being stillborn then they could have just wrote it into the law that said, if you're going to completely abuse that's drugs and overdose your baby, you're not going to be held responsible for it. Because that's what that's happened. Right. That's what, exactly. But she yet they're playing on your emotions as a person that doesn't know that background, mm -hmm. that, oh my gosh, this poor innocent woman suffered a stillborn death, which is, is horrific in and of itself. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes those do happen. And now they're going to be victimized again by being put in jail and prosecuted. That isn't what happened yeah. in these two women's cases. Yep. And it's, it's very unfortunate that our politicians just flat out lie to us. Right. And the media repeats it, puts their own little spin on it to make it even better and more emotionally involved. And then you get the masses just buying into it without doing their own research. And we're going to be stuck with this. If this passes, we will eventually be talking about these babies that are dying mm -hmm. and... That's right. We don't know why they're dying. Why is the infant death rate Rates. in California of month-old babies, why did it just skyrocket through the roof? Well, it's because now they're they're legally allowed to kill their babies. If they don't want them, they can That's right. up to 28 days. That's right. So wrapping this up, what does what needs to happen in California? Certainly this bill has to either be severely amended or gutted or voted down. And if they believe that the that there is something wrong, they can amend the laws that are currently on the books uh, that are legitimate and that are, with common sense, real logical steps to take care of it. Um, what I hope is, I hope, you know, we talk about something going viral and everything else. Maybe it's this podcast. That's right. Maybe at least in California, uh, we, they've already shown, our media has shown that they're not going to report it. They're not going to tell everyone that no. they're trying to pass this. Um, they want you to believe that it's been amended and it's all fine. And the people that are against it are just crazy whack job, yeah. right wing, yep. you know, just the, you know, the, the Republicans, the horrible Republicans. Uh, when in reality, this, this is going to be horrible in a law enforcement world. This is another perfect example of our current legislature that is just complete anti-public safety. They are for, for everyone's freedom, do ever what you want at the consequence of zero. Yeah. Um, doesn't matter if it affects anyone else. It doesn't matter if someone else dies. If a baby dies, uh, you can sell fentanyl all you want. It doesn't matter how many people you kill. Yeah. There's no consequences for it. Uh, it. This is just another another thing in that line that shows that that our legislature, especially our committees, our public safety committee, our health committee has absolutely nothing to do with health or public safety. It's about a, an, an immoral agenda that taking away consequence for criminal behavior. So uh, what if every sheriff in this state has a chance to hear you right now and, and you had a moment to say, 
something to every sheriff in the state of California? You know, we, we have an association. I hope, I hope the association as a whole, uh, I, hope we, I hope we take a, a hard position on this and, and are very vocal about it because it affects us. It affects the way we conduct business. It affects our coroner's bureaus. It affects uh, our investigators that are dealing with baby deaths. And I hope they're, I hope they're, I, I wish everyone would be as vocal as me. And I wish everyone would, would, would not be afraid to speak out because of a political consequence. Do the right thing. Oh, yeah. If you, if you suffer a political consequence, that's, that's far less than some other consequence you're going to suffer for doing the wrong thing. Yeah. And I, I hope as a whole, uh, we, we stand up. I know there are other sheriffs that are, that are taking a stance like I am, uh, a vocal stance, I hope that we all do as a whole, and I hope all law enforcement, even our chiefs of police associations and everything else, I hope they, I hope they're willing to do it too, because this is this isn't about abortion anymore. This isn't about right. if it was about abortion, we wouldn't have this obscure wording and, sure. and specific words that they're using. Uh, they're, they've they've made it into something else, and it's a it's a serious threat to to every baby that is born. Wow! Can you direct people to a podcast? You have a podcast, don't you? I do have a podcast. Uh, it's called the RSO Roundup, and really, it's a it's 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 basically my way of of letting people into the department, learning who we are, what we do, uh, how we interact with them. Uh, I have I usually have a, a guest on every day. I, yeah. Well, I, I I can't even say that I have a guest on every time. <laughs> I have yet to do one by myself. Uh, it's. It's just a good way for us to interact and for them to get to know us. Yeah. We've had to do repeat shows because there was too many questions uh, that we didn't answer during them. So it's starting to it's starting well, to take off. How do people find it? What's uh... we ha- on any platform you want that has any type of podcast? It's under RSO Roundup. RSO Roundup. That's awesome. Listen, on behalf of um, a very thankful uh, state in Southern California, I know that you are a rock star in your county of Riverside, and. Um, Again, if there's anything that we can do at any time, um, I would say this. I would say if anyone, want to make sure I get my math correct. If anyone in Riverside County is going to turn 18 before uh, voting day, they can register to vote. We want everyone in Riverside County to register to vote and to get your, um, to get your voice out there to protect life and liberty and freedom. We need to keep this sheriff employed and doing the right thing. Well, thank you. I agree with that wholeheartedly. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad you do. It's an honor to be with you today. Thank and, you, Pastor uh, Jack. So proud. I appreciate being here. Thank you. Thank you. This Jack Kibbs podcast, as well as all the broadcast outreach opportunities, are listener-supported. Will you consider partnering with us through a special gift? Go to jackhibbs.com to learn more and stay connected. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.